This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, back to the broadcast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I am joined on this beautiful Thursday morning. May the 4th be with you, Tracy. Thank you, Dave. It's nice to be here. This is a big day for you, right? I don't know. Is it? I mean, are you right now? Just no, confess, no, no, you're no, dressed as Luke Skywalker, aren't you? I didn't realize what day it was until I looked at the day on my computer. That's one of the, I mean, low bar, but that's a pretty clever thing. May the fourth. It's pretty good. Be with you. It's pretty good. That's pretty, pretty good. good. You hear it's what's happening good. with uh, uh, the star of uh, uh, Princess Leia. The star of Princess Leia, Ewan yeah. McGregor. <laughs> no, Fisher. Um, um, there, she's getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Oh, wow! I was going a different way with that. And, okay. And they're they haven't even built it yet, and there's all these like, what do you call Star Wars people? Uh, star uh, Wars nerds. heads. <laughs> they're already out there crying over it. Carrie Fisher. It's a oh, good god. It's kind of, I mean, it's endearing though, a little. I mean, I mean, you gotta admit, you lean that way. Uh, what? Star, War, Star the, Wars head? I mean, I've watched, uh, uh, you know, 90% of the properties, but um, no, I mean, I, I, I would say I'm, I'm leaning away from that these days. Oh. You know, I haven't even watched The Mandalorian. No, I, I did the first season, then I I couldn't sustain. That's it. basically where I was. I I couldn't. I was just like, ah, eh, this is kind of lame. How many times have say, you seen Rogue One? Two or three. I, I, how doesn't it get even better? It's really good. Did wow. you watch Andor? Uh, I didn't. You got to watch Andor. Good, huh? Oh, really good. Really, really good. Not it's okay, basically like chills. not even a Star Wars show. It's wow. really good. Yeah, Rogue One was that keeps moving up my list of favorite Star Wars. It's yeah, it's, it's so good. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, we, we, we were just talking. I'm gonna take everyone behind the curtain. We were just talking before this. We got to keep this show tight. We're gonna keep it to 45 minutes. Tight, and baby. We just spent two and a half minutes on Star Wars. Now, now. We got a lot of UCLA football stuff to talk about. Some basketball recruiting. Uh, UCLA is heading into its final practice of the spring tomorrow uh, morning. And, and Dave and I will be there. Tandem. Duo. Going. Woo! Yep. Two bros, baby. When we walked up, that's with UCLA Sports. Oh, two bros today. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but there's a lot to talk about. Uh, I think the headline item, and one that I think we need to kind of flesh out what we think about this, is 
quarterback Dante Moore, freshman. Um, yeah. He, so I, I'm going to give everyone a quick overview. Okay. Um, I would say through the first two weeks of spring ball, I was extremely impressed. Uh, decision-making, feel, accuracy, timing, touch, all that stuff was off the charts. Now, wait, and just, I I liked, I all that was good, too. I had questions, if you remember, about arm strength, even at that point. Sure. Just want to make that point. Okay. But all that stuff, totally off the charts. I was like, wow, this is, I mean, just from an advanced understanding of the game standpoint, I'm like, this is, this is otherworldly. Yeah. And then in the last couple of weeks, uh, what you noticed in the first couple of weeks, but I think it has gotten even more pronounced as um, practice has gone on. You know, it's, uh, you know, he's a 17-year-old in his first spring ball, probably playing, probably throwing the highest volume of throws of his career, um, having to do it against a lot more athletic defensive backfields, yada, yada, yada. But... Um, a lot of balls taking a long time to get where they need to go in situations where they need to be there a lot quicker. Yeah. Uh, yesterday at practice, Wednesday, he threw three picks. Two were just inaccurate throws. One was kind of on a uh, an underneath, you know, crossing that uh, I can't remember the receiver was, but the, you know. Crossed all the way across the field. <laughs> and then Moore tried to throw the ball pretty much across his body all the way. Alex Johnson, I mean, had, you know, a few seconds to be able to step in front and, and pick that off. Uh, then he threw a couple. There were a couple where he just massively, he he threw one on a post that was so far underthrown, the DB couldn't even turn around to get back to it. So, yeah, the arm strength, when we're looking at our cage drill, you can, I, I thought he didn't have elite arm strength when I first saw him, but then I thought, you know, he's 17 years old. He could develop that. It could come along, even though a lot of times you and I have noticed and, and known over the years, you you see arm strength immediately. People can get a little bit better and at, you know, putting some velocity on the ball. You know, but like when we saw Dorian Thompson Robinson, oh, God, okay, that's a cannon for an arm. When you saw, you know, Josh Rosen, you said that's a pro arm. As, as soon as you see it, you you know. So maybe his arm strength will get a little bit better. Let's, let's give him, you know, the chance to do that. But when I first saw him, I didn't think it was there. And... There is, it is, I think it is wearing on him now because it's showing. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot to be made for, you know, he's, for the most part this spring, I mean, I think uh, the practice you watched is a bit of an outlier. He hasn't been throwing a ton of picks. For the most part this spring, what what I would say is he's got, he's got really good touch on his deep stuff. It's not, I mean, he's not throwing rockets out there, but he's got really good touch on it. And it's sort of like, um... I don't want to make the analogy because it's not the same, but Jake Browning for Washington a few years back where he could throw those moon balls um, because he had good accuracy and good touchdown field, especially before he got hurt. Um, that was kind of what I was seeing from Dante Moore as a 17-year-old in spring ball, which is pretty good. Um, and then his quickness and accuracy on the short stuff was pretty good. I mean, it was, again, pretty elite level along with that feel where he's, you know, able to adjust on the fly to what the defense is showing him. But the intermediate throws, 
especially in the last two weeks, where you have to throw it with some velocity and you have to fit it in under a safety and it's got to be there on time in a tight window. That's the stuff where, and it might be a simple thing where he has to sacrifice a little bit of his accuracy to get a little bit more oomph on the ball. Um, but he's got to throw those things harder. Like that's just the simple reality of it. Um, because there's a lot of times where he is making the right decision. He is throwing the ball in the right place, but it, it's, looping to the receiver when it needs to be on a line. Um, and then the safety can come down and bat it away because the safeties, uh, even, you know, <laughs> as, as complicated as we feel about uh, UCLA's defensive backfield, it's a whole lot better than any high school team you're going to face. Um, and they're coming down a lot quicker on those balls than I think he's experienced with. And then our little cage fence thing is a good way to also measure arm strength because it's easy. They're just thrown to what? It's like a six by six cage. Pretty much yep. just a fence, pretty much. Um, and that's an easy way to check, to really gauge arm strength. And his, well, Chase Griffin's ball loops to get there. It's not on a straight line. It t- takes a while and it arcs to get there if it's a 20-yard throw. Moore's do two a bit when the other three guys are throwing straight lines there. Well... Okay. But I no no, I'm not talking about accuracy. We're just talking about arm strength. We're just talking about arm strength. We're not talking about motion. We're not talking about any of that. We're just talking arm strength. So that was a pretty good that was a pretty good gauge from the beginning. But I mean that sets us down a path to really think about what could happen here with Dante Moore. I mean, we all know he's gonna get paid, you know, a pretty decent amount of NIL money uh to to play at UCLA. Uh, I shouldn't say it that way. He's not. There's no pay for play. He's getting paid for his endorsement deals. Um, but uh, what happens if, uh, let's say, he doesn't win the starting spot? Uh, right now, he can't. Obviously, he can't go in the transfer portal. Now he's done. Right. Let's say he just didn't think he was going to win the spot. Right now, thought uh, I don't like it here. He he's he's he has no option right now. That when the transfer portal opens again, will be a long time from now. So, but let's say he doesn't start. Um, and he, right now, uh, I I would be a little bit surprised if Ethan Garbers isn't the spark, starter. Okay, so then uh, let's say it's fairly even between Dante Moore and and Ethan Garbers. Let's say it's fairly even. Garbers has three years of eligibility left. Right, Dante Moore, and, and he can't really uh, unless he's a graduate. Sorry, Garbers, it, he's still stuck. He can't transfer. Um, if it's fairly even, do you make a political move on what would be the smart uh, starter to name? What would be the smart move in naming the starter for who you might get for a couple of years? I mean, even if you name Dante Moore the starter. And they don't have a good year, and he doesn't look good. He could go right back in the portal for more NIL money, and probably get a decent amount wherever he wants to go. Uh, Ethan Garbers ain't going anywhere. Um, so I mean, if he's named the starter, you can pretty much you know rest assured he's going to stay. So there's a lot going on there. I, we'd have to see, like you said, uh, Garbers looks like the starter right now. I don't think Chip Kelly is much for a guy who's going to make political. 
choices of starters. He's going to start the guy he thinks he has the best chance to win with. That's Chase. That's uh, sorry. That's Ethan Garbers right now. It would have to really change. Dante Moore would have to dramatically change. And he is only 17. There's a possibility. But dang, that's going to be very interesting when fall camp or August camp starts. Even Chip calls it fall camp. You stop with this. I'm trying to change. I'm trying to change. It's not fall. It's 100 degrees out there. It's not fall. (laughs) Whatever. Actually, it's never going to warm up here. It It rained today, Tracy. I know. It's kind of fun, though. It's never warming up. Um, I can yeah, I, I mean, can water my lawn again. Ah. <laughs> so go like I guess for Dante Moore, um, this is a little bit of a, a turn for me on him. Uh, not on him. Uh, a little bit for turn for me on the evaluation. I will say this: it's been a rough week and a half, two weeks for him. Um, as Garbers has just kind of maintained as you know pretty good. The thing is, I don't think Ethan Garbers has run away with it, and I do think there's you know if. If this is a case of just arm fatigue, I've never thrown this much, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I'm not saying he's suddenly going to throw rockets out there. But if he looks again for all of August, how he looked in the first two weeks of spring, I'm talking about Dante Moore here, then I do think it'll be neck and neck. And I do think there's a pretty good chance that they'll name him. It's just a question of what we're seeing right now. Is this is this more like what we're going to see? Um, because this is also... They've installed a little bit more defense now. They've got a little bit better idea and a little bit better feel for what he can do well, so the defense is keying in on it. So if this is the guy we're going to see after teams start to scout him a little bit, then that's a little bit of concern. But if it's more of a case of him personally, he's dealing with a little bit of arm fatigue, which is totally possible because, again, 17, never done real strength and conditioning, you know, highest volume of throws he's ever thrown, then, um, you know, come August, he could look, again, much more like the guy he looked in the first two weeks of spring when, for all the, you know, uh, mild arm strength concerns, uh, he was at worst neck and neck with Ethan Garbers. Um, and then just to revisit, if we're talking about a strategic political choice as starter, let's say they're pretty neck and neck. Uh, the obvi- You think the obvious thing is, oh, well, name Dante Moore so you don't lose him. I, I don't, maybe you got to rethink that. You can name Dante Moore, but he could still leave in the next transfer portal because there's a lot of things that might not make him happy. Like, this whole NIL thing is a new thing. And I'm hearing out there there's a lot of players who just aren't happy the way the NIL money is is processed. Uh, uh, by by NCA rules, you have to be enrolled. There are a lot, <laughs> there are a lot of recruits out there who were promise NIL money. You want their NIL money now, and the NIL collectors are saying you need to be enrolled. They're all what? And they've got these street agents who aren't really experienced agents who are doing deals for them. The agents these are not these are not great, <laughs> well versed, high class agents, and they don't know the rules. They're demanding their money. Um, then you've got, from what I've heard, a lot of just, and I'm not talking UCLA, I'm talking all over. There are players out there who are saying, Hey, just pay me. Now, uh, you've got to go do an endorsement deal. What? No. Like what? No. And they don't want to go. I I mean, there are, (laughs) and then, uh, you know, most of the NI collectives aren't paying someone a million dollars, one check. They're making them earn it, you know? They're enrolled, they're playing, they're academically eligible, all of that. 
And a lot of the people representing him are just saying, no, none of that. That's not the deal. Yeah, it is the deal. Just pay him and asking for all of it. I mean, calling it the Wild West is just an understatement. This is a crazy time. Um, so there, there could be pressure there. Whoever knows that an NIL deal will go askance, awry. Um, so there's a lot. So when you're thinking about naming a guy, if you name Dante Moore and then Ethan Garbers graduates after the season and he can get in the transfer portal as a graduate transfer and you lose him and then your most and then Dante Moore is fickle and temperamental and he just leaves. Dang, I don't know. Maybe the political move is the name Ethan Garbers because you know there's a pretty good chance Dante Moore's with all of these factors might transfer. Well, that's a cheerful thought for everyone. Hey, this Hope is y'all enjoy that. This is life in the NIL world. <laughs> it is crazy out there right now. It's crazy. All right. Well, that's uh, that's that's sufficient on Dante Moore for now. Okay. Um, depth chart. Talk a little bit about uh, the old the old depth chart, Tracy. So, um. They got a commitment from Jake Wiley, a Colorado offensive line transfer. Correct. Uh, the more I watched him, I watched two, pretty much two full games of Colorado. With wow. Him. Yeah. Well, it was just, it wasn't full games. It was just the offense caught up. So that Wow. Was, yeah. That's even worse. Well, I didn't, I didn't look at how the play, <laughs> I didn't look at how the play ended up, the result of the play. I just watched him. Um He's pretty good. He's he's better than we might all think because we're just adding, you know, he's like a late transfer portal add-on in in May. He's actually pretty good. I, I mean, I, I think I'd be stunned if he doesn't walk in and start. And that's a huge pickup, really, to be able to get a starter level uh uh, experienced guy who started 22 games, who has position for versatility. I mean, he started at right tackle for Colorado, did a good job there. Played left tackle too, and played left tackle. UCLA has kind of you know convinced him, from what I've heard. You know, try your hand at right guard, which is smart. That if he has an NFL potential at all, it might be. It's probably interior. So try that out. Give him a chance at tackle. See if he's better than. You know, uh, DiGiorgio, and DiGiorgio needs to move inside. A really, really great pickup. And for an offensive line, wow, I mean, we should talk about that. The The recruitment and development of some of these younger guys that now that we've seen them in spring, probably, yeah, probably the biggest disappointment of spring practice between Bruno Fina, Jalen Jeffers, Puliali, Yoon, Carlin, uh, you would not say any of those guys are even are playable. Yeah, I would say the 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 one younger guy with a you know a, you, you like what you're seeing out of his development is Benjamin Roy. Yeah, I'm I'm and Siali Tapaki could play. He's hurt. He played last year, so he's yeah, playable. Yeah, we just don't. He, he's he's literally never been healthy except for like three games. Um, but the other one is um, I'm not ready to. You know, I, I'd, I'd tap the brakes on saying he's not developing a Sam Yoon. Um, right, just, just a redshirt freshman. But yeah, you you'd know. like to see a sign. 
I, we, I watched him in one-on-ones yesterday. Yikes. Um, Bruno Fina is a redshirt junior. Yeah. Jalen Jeffers, redshirt junior. Uh, Noah Pugliali, redshirt sophomore. Those, yep. those guys need to be showing something at this point. Josh Carlin is a redshirt senior. Uh, I, wow. I, I mean, if they haven't shown anything by this point, are they really going to ever? I mean, I hate to be this harsh on these kids. I know they're out there working their ass off. And I don't even blame them. I, I, I mean, we've gone back and we've harped on UCLA offensive line recruiting. And it's it's coming to fruition here. <laughs> it's really... It, it, it's the lack of good offensive line recruiting is is really happening now. <laughs> well, think about what we're talking about. It, it's going to be uh, more than likely uh, three transfers starting this year. Yeah. And, you know... And then, and then, their their highest ranked recruit that they got, Duke Clemens, is the starting center, and probably Garrett DeGiorgio it might right be there. So I mean, going after these three star guys that UCLA is always, you know, looking like they were prioritizing in offense, well, in all positions, this isn't this isn't panning out here. <laughs> um. And I, I don't even know if I deva- uh, blame development as much. I just don't think the talent's there. I hope yeah. I hope they disprove me. Yeah. Well, it's just um, usually in, on the offensive line, you do like hit on some underranked guys occasionally, um, but they're not hitting really um, with a lot of these developmental players. Yeah. I mean, uh, John Gaines. You know, that was the one sleeper-esque guy that really – I mean, we kind of knew Antonio Maffi – was going to be a player no matter where he was. Uh, Gaines and Gaines, if you remember, um, that was the one where he, I think Biggins, literally right after he committed, was like, "Oh, we totally missed on this guy. I just watched a lot of him, and he's great. Like, yeah, he's he's yeah. got a lot of abilities, very athletic." Um, so yeah. Anyway, um, getting Wiley is obviously huge uh, because now you can say, "Okay, that starting group, they can play," and you know, if Tapaki comes back, you now have a backup who can play both tackle and guard, and you also have Benjamin Roy, a backup who can play any of the interior positions, and you're comfortable enough with those. So that's kind of what you need, a seven-man that, rotation. That's what they rotated last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's not the end of the world. I do think it'll be a, a slight step back from last year, uh, just because you're losing um, two NFL guards and uh, a pretty good tackle on Raekwon O'Neal, but it's not going to be the massive, massive step back that it was looking like, oh, I don't know, a week ago when we were watching Jalen Jeffers, Manning, starting right tackle? Yeah. He's now back to right. He's now in spring working back to right tackle. Um, I mean, and so far, Tim Drevno, I think, has been a good coach in terms of coaching the offensive line. Right, I think they've looked good. I think he's he's done well with the talent he's been able to coach. So, I'm with the addition of Jake Wiley. You know that on offense, I had really there are for me there are two concerns. It's yeah, it's quarterback and offensive line. I'm feeling better about offensive line now that uh, they'll get good enough coaching. There's enough talent. I think the offensive line, as long as it's not you know, hit by massive injury, I think we'll be fine. 
given what I've seen this spring and going out on a limb on Jake Wiley and Kadera Kunte. Um, and now it's just a quarterback. And I, I mean, overall, Dave, uh, taking this, looking at what Chip Kelly has done with this offense, now knowing what they have in terms of talent, you got to feel pretty good about it. It might not be the same as it was last Oh, I feel season. good in it. I feel good. good in aggregate about the quarterback position. Okay, good. Yeah, no, I mean, I, looking at it, okay, Dante Moore, we've got, you know, some concerns about arm, arm strength, but I don't know. You threw him out there, yeah, he'd throw some picks. He'd also make some pretty wild throws um, where you're like, oh, wow, how did he even see that? Uh, but Ethan Garbers has, you know, more or less held him off, and Ethan Garbers has looked totally fine, you know? Some mistakes, he's not... He's not senior, you know, fifth-year senior Dorian Thompson-Robinson, but pretty accurate thrower, um, generally making the right decisions. Yeah, they'd be fine. They'd be totally fine. And they're going to get more help because J. Michael Sturdivan and Kyle Ford. Yeah, Sturdivant's <laughs> a freak, an yeah. absolute freak. I mean, there's he's doing stuff where it's just like, oh, that's a simple little crossing route, um, and he catches it right in the middle of the defense, and then he just runs past everyone going sideline to sideline, then turns up field because uh, he has absolutely, there's there's no drop in speed as he turns up field. And then he blows past everyone that way. It's, um, he's just a, a lot faster and bigger and stronger and better than pretty much everyone else. He's going to get the kind of receptions that Jake Bobo got last year and then throw in all those like 10 deep balls. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's going to be something else. And then Kyle Ford is... Uh, their best jump ball, uh, receiver. And that's know, saying like, something because Brand Pegan's pretty good. No, that. he's their best jump ball receiver. I'm going to say in some time, okay. like not even just this year. He's, uh, his strength, his body control, his, and it's not, he's not, he's not like offensive PIing guys. He's just so big and so strong that a defensive back can't move him from a spot when he wants to be there. Um, and uh, his ability to catch balls in the end zone, I think he's going to probably have eight to ten touchdowns this year. The And this is, okay, here's a good thing, is uh, they need to go four wide a lot more than they um, have in the last few years. Oh, they need I, absolutely. Get, they I, need to I, get I a lot of these guys on the field. Yep. If you have Sturdivant, Ford, Pegan, uh, Pegan uh, Cam Brown has looked good. He looked good at the end of last year. Logan Loya has been really solid this spring, and my favorite guy at the end of last year was Titus Mokiao Atamalala. Yeah. Um, and he hasn't even been practicing that much because he's been hurt. That That's a hell of a receiver rotation. And Josiah Norwood is playing really well. I just had yep. to throw that in. He had a good day yesterday. Um, he's that's, had a good spring. That's not even mentioning Jaden Marshall. Who's their speed burner? Um, that's going to be a that's going to be a great rotation, which is really going to help the court, whoever is the starting quarterback. Um, yeah. So yeah, you're right. We, I I would bet we'll see four because the tight end position, eh, meh, right? Yeah, it's it's pretty meh. Um, you know, Maliki Mataveo, I would say um, looks okay. Uh, hands a bit of a question mark for me. Uh, based on what we've seen in spring. Uh, yeah. He's had some drops. Um, doesn't catch it super cleanly. Yeah. Not a natural pass catcher, it looks yeah. like. Yeah. 
uh, Carson Ryan, if he makes it back, you know, he can change the complexion of that a little bit. Like if he's fully, fully back. Um, he looked good but, yesterday running sprints. I'll just say that. Yeah. Uh, but there's some hands issues with three of the other guys. You know, Habermill, Mataveo, and Peterson all have had drops, so they just don't look great catching the ball. Um, so if you're going to do this, I think uh, four wide uh, for, you know, <laughs> I'd do it like half the time, but uh, we'll see what Chip Kelly decides to do. Then I think the other big transfer get really that we've seen through spring practice is Keanu Williams. Uh, yeah. Given UCLA's, well, Gary Smith has been hurt all spring, so there's that. But just given, even with Gary Smith, like yesterday, J- Jay Toia went down with what looked like a tweaked knee in a big old heap. Was down on the ground for a while, got up, walked off, didn't look good. And uh, you just suddenly start saying, oh, wow, they have no one else. <laughs> yep. And then Keanu Williams uh, went in, had a near sack, like a good tackle for, and you're all, wow, what if that dude wasn't there? So that was a huge pickup, and he is absolutely one of the top three interior. He might, he might even edge his way into top two by the start of the season. Um, so, yeah, feeling good, uh, feeling better. I mean, would really love to see another interior defensive line transfer, but I don't think UCLA's – I think they're going after really just trying to find another cornerback. Yeah. Um, From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Linebacker, uh, yesterday, uh, so this was really fun at practice. Something I've never seen. They they did like this American Ninja Warrior <laughs> obstacle course for the linebackers. It looked like like all of Ken Norton's assistant guys put this together and they had put like five different drills together to run through. Darius Muasau goes through, he gets about... I think he did it in 19, but they were going to add some because like in the ladder, he tripped up a couple of times. So I guess there were minus points. Um, So then a few guys go in, they're all getting 22s, something like that. Uh, Of course, you know, Kay Madrano's a great athlete. He ran through, um, he got an 18. So then Femi (laughs) Oladeo, (laughs) <laughs> Oladejo. Um Aladijo. Aladijo is the last guy. He's and, uh, a he's a big dude. <laughs> Fifteen pounds heavier than anyone else in that linebacker. Two forty five at least. He's listed at two fifty five, but let's just compromise and take say two fifty. I I I just was thinking he he's gonna come in at about twenty one, twenty two. He smoked that thing. <laughs> smoked it. it not, I mean, it was stunning. 
I don't know. That that kind of sent me over. He's had a great spring. I don't see how he stays off the field. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys where you're like, oh, like you could hear any percentage of body fat and you'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like 1%. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Just just a rocked out dude. And then um, you got Ali Kaho over there on the sideline looking fine as he's running sprints. So, and Darius Musawa had has had a good spring, an improved spring. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've said this before about the linebackers, but I'm feeling okay <laughs> about the linebackers. Um, yeah. You take over safeties because you have a better opinion about safety. So, take it away. So, I, I've liked what I've seen out of Kenny Churchwell. Um, the other safety spot, I think it's just being kind of kept warm for Jordan Anderson. So, not too much to take from it. Um, Kamari Ramsey has... So that first week, they were running him like half and half with the ones. Then he dropped behind William Nimmo. Now he's back to, I don't know, taking a series here or there from William Nimmo, which is a good sign. Um, but I've liked what I've seen out of Churchwell. I don't know that he's your ideal deep safety. Um, and he's uh, had a couple of issues um, keeping up uh, speed-wise with um, J. Mike Sturdivant, but so does everyone. Um, for the most part, I think he's been pretty solid there. And I think from a run support standpoint, um, at the safety spot, I think he'll be pretty similar, if not a little bit better than what Mo Osling brought last year, which was a lot of tackling. I think he's going to have good instincts and get up field and do all that stuff. I think they're count, they got to count on Jordan Anderson to probably take over a little bit more of the, uh, deep coverage responsibilities and move Churchwell a little bit closer to the box. That'll but. be interesting if they do that because they're. It doesn't look like they're setting that up. It looks like they're doing the DiGiorgio at left tackle thing. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, but safety generally, I'm. I'm. I won't say I'm bullish, but I'm better than I thought I was going to be heading into spring. Well, throw in uh, nickel there too because the, well, and for nickel, yeah. I mean, it kind of depends on what they're doing, whether it's more of a corner or a safety, but. Uh, Alex Johnson and DJ Justice, I, I think they've both had really good springs. Um, Alex Johnson, um, you know, he's he's a former walk-on, uh, a little bit limited in that respect, but he's had a good spring. I think DJ Justice has been arguably a little bit better, he's shown really good instincts at that spot, um, has uh, consistently made plays in the backfield, has had some interceptions. Uh I would like to see him probably move up the depth chart by the time the season rolls around. I think he makes more sense as they're starting nickel heading into the year. But I think that position has been okay. Uh, I think, And I think uh, the way Danton Lynn appears to be wanting to use it is pretty aggressively um, getting into the backfield. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see the development of that position. But talent-wise, I mean, they're not. it's not the world's most talented group. Um, you know, it's, uh, they're, you know, Churchwell's a pretty good player. Uh, Kamari Ramsey's a pretty good player. Um, the nickel is a walk-on and, um, a guy who was playing receivers late as, what was that, August last year? Yeah. Justice? Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it remains to be seen how they'll do matching up against, uh, you know, receivers in the Pac-12, but they've, you know for the most part, kind of held their own against UCLA's receivers this spring. It'll be interesting to see with Jordan Anderson because I think he's going to be a starter and we have him penciled in at more of that deep safety. But now Kenny Churchwell is plugged in there. 
So I'm thinking maybe they're seeing Jordan Anderson as a nickel. Um, he played safety, but he did he he played some nickel a lot. Um, I think uh, if not, I'm I'm okay with Alex Johnson as I mean he's a super senior. He knows how to play. He's a smart kid. DJ Justice having just made that transition, I like him coming off the bench, learning how how to play. You know, getting some reps, a uh, handful of reps per game. But it'll be really interesting to see what happens with Jordan Anderson. Um, uh, if he does show a pension for nickel, I'd be fine with Kamari Ramsey at that safety spot. And if Jordan Anderson is really an impact player, uh, plugging him in at nickel. Yeah, I would agree. Um, cornerback. Uh Headline really is that they're still trying to get a transfer cor uh, cornerback. They're recruiting uh, Nico Reed, a Colorado transfer. I've heard rumblings that there's another transfer cornerback out there uh, that they're showing interest in. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, Devin Kirkwood, I think, hasn't. He's had an interesting time at UCLA. When he first stepped on the practice field, you're all, wow, this guy's going to be a guy. Flashed as a true freshman last year, struggled some, right? Yep. And then this, have you, what have you seen hasn't from... Hasn't blown me away this Hasn't spring. blown me away this spring. Um, I would say, honestly, the guy who's looked the best of this... Jalen Davies. Well, Jalen Davies or Isaiah Newcomb. Mm, okay. Well, that's, uh, that's a good... <laughs> That's a really good sign because, dang, we thought they were down to, you know, they'd have Kirkwood, Davies, and Humphrey, and well, Humphrey is suspect. So if you have confidence in Newcomb, that's really good news. Well, I won't say I have confidence. I would just say from like a, you know, best of the lot type deal. Um, I think, so they had, so one thing that's kind of hard to suss out is that um, they've really run strange platoons and tandems out there. So it's hard to get a feel for even what uh, Cody Whitfield, which we'll talk about in a second, even thinks here, like who his starters are, yada, yada, yada. Because we've seen first couple weeks, it was a lot of Jalen Davies, a lot of Devin Kirkwood. Then it was a lot of John Humphrey and Isaiah Newcomb. Then they flipped the tandem. So it was uh, Isaiah Newcomb and Devin Kirkwood and Jalen Davies and John Humphrey. And then they flipped them again. And then this past week, I saw Croy Stewart taking reps with the twos alongside Humphrey with Newcomb with the threes suddenly. So I don't really know what they're uh, – we know these five guys are their top five. We know that. The only five. The only five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we know these guys are their, their five. Um, beyond that, um, it's hard to really suss out exactly what they think. I mean, I'm sure – I asked him yesterday, Cody. Uh, Coach Whitfield, and he kind of just said, "Yeah, this is spring. We're moving guys around. This is the time for us to check out people, you know, playing in different combinations." Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Devin Kirkwood, um, I would still expect to uh, be, be the starter. Yeah. Just because that's the that's the inertial position. Um, the rest of it, who knows? I think uh, going back to it, I think Jalen Davies is the one who's shown the best feel. Um, I think athletically, he's athletically and size wise, he's not ideal. But he's shown the best field for the position um, of this entire group through his just short time at UCLA and certainly the spring. So 
and I'd probably have him starting alongside Kirkwood, but it's, I understand why they are targeting corners. I'll say that. (laughs) Yeah. Because there really isn't, there really isn't a clear cut. I mean, let's just say Devin Kirkwood's a starter, right? Starter level. There really isn't a clear cut starter level cornerback among the other four. No. Um, If, Cody Whitfield can turn Isaiah Newcomb and Croy Stewart into players. He's going to be my favorite coach. He, I mean, he almost took, he already took a big step forward with that interview. Damn. Did, I mean, you heard my questions. So obviously with how um, shy and unassuming you are, you're really struggling in recruiting. That dude's got a big personality. Right? Yeah. Was that personality. one of the most impressive interviews just from a pure personality standpoint? I mean, the guy, if he's a good coach, I mean, we say this a lot, but dang, there's some head coach feel there, right? Just his ability to handle himself the way oh, he Oh, yeah. No, he, he screams. I mean, th- this is a guy who, if he can coach at all, he's going to interview <laughs> so well. And even if he can't kind of coach. Job he ever does. <laughs> Even if he can't coach, he'll probably be a position coach recruiter extraordinaire for many, many years. Um, just touching on the specialists. So uh, when we watch... Do you, we have to touch Yeah, on we do because we've got new guys and it's a big phase of the game. Um, when we watch from practice, we can't really see if they're making, them making the field goals. You're uh, biased. You're a, you're a specialist. <laughs> Blake... W- it was the one time they were running uh, a team drill, 11 drill, and it was uh, like a two-minute drill, and wherever they ended up, they were kicking a field goal. Blake Glessner with the ones, the field first number one field goal team trots out. They're lining up. Chip Kelly blows his whistle and says, no, twos. And everyone's stunned. This was our one chance at that my chance to see Glessner actually kick a field goal. Who He's the scholarship field goal kicker. And he pulls him off. <laughs> he pulls him off the field, and Fireball and Lopez come in and and kick field goals. I do have to say, Chase Berry, the punter, in the last two times I've been out there, is hitting bombs, man. And there's still a punter coming in, Will Powers, the uh, transfer from Penn, right? Penn, mm-hmm. get all those Ivy Leagues mixed up. Um, so, but he's he's not. I mean, there's still an occasional shank, but. Dang, he was hitting some bombs yesterday. So maybe they're in a good spot with punter, and maybe if we could ever see Blake Glessner actually kick a field goal, we might not until the first game. <laughs> anyway, so that's that's we want to even talk about returners. Uh, y'all know. Uh, so we'd say our our biggest worry right now. You, I mean, it's it's with the defense. I, I, the offense, Chip Kelly's offense has been good for years. We had concerns with offensive line. Jake Wiley, unless he is a lot worse than he was on on film in games, I'm feeling okay about the offensive line. I think the quarterback position will be fine. Um, fine to good are the chances. Uh, defense is always a thing. You know, will UCLA get it done defensively? And I don't know. There are still concerns that we still have defensive line depth, cornerback, linebacker play. I don't know if we've really come around 
this spring to allaying those allaying those worries. Would you say so, Dave? Which worries? The worries about all those positions on defense. No, no, no. So the only um mm, No, yeah, I don't think there's a single position where I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, it's a totally totally set. It's really good. Yeah, suddenly feel so much better. I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the closest I feel is probably generally at linebacker and only because I really like Femi. But we watched him at Cal last year and he wasn't that good on the field. So yeah. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, we've been down this road. Yeah. So I don't know, man. We'll I don't see. Know. I don't know. Well, I'm glad we got through 15 or 14 spring balls and we're at, I don't know. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's not overall like a really promising thing now, is it? No. You know what, though? Uh, eh, we'll see. I mean, the, uh, I we shouldn't be too negative. I, I mean, uh, I think this is a nine-win team. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, if they're a little bit better than we think they are, there's, you know, they could, they should have, wild, they should have three non-conference wins. Getting Wiley was huge. Huge. Absolutely huge uh, from the standpoint of thinking, well, even if the defense isn't good, the offense can still carry this team. Um, and if UCLA's quarterback gets protection um, with this receiving core, and we didn't even talk about this, but running back should be pretty good again. I yes. don't think it's going to be Zach Charbonnet, but it's going to be pretty good. Um, uh, if the quarterback gets protection, this offense will be top 20. I think at minimum. Yeah. Uh, and so with that, yeah. I mean, the schedule is once again pretty manageable. Because you've got – you should have three non-conference wins. Yeah. You, I mean, you it's, really it's should. Coastal, Car Coastal Carolina in the uh, – you know, I, I don't – they're going to be dropping back here pretty soon. Uh, San Diego State and NC Central. Um, San Diego State's on the road, which – It's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, but – that should be three wins. Snapdragon um, Stadium. That, Snapdragon Stadium. That's gonna be baby. fun. Yeah, and then UCLA also avoids uh, Oregon and uh, Washington. So right. So they got to go six and three to get to nine wins. Yeah, it, totally doable. There's still, you know, there are some. There's still Cal on your. There's a lot of terrible teams. In the there's Cal. Sta Stanford's going to be horrible. Cal is going to be horrible. Colorado will. Colorado, you know. Colorado might not be good. Arizona State is uh, probably going to be in a rebuilding mode. That should be four pretty easy wins right there. Um, and then it's a question, well... Arizona? <laughs> Arizona's on the road, and Arizona beat them last Col year, so I'm not ready to And what are we thinking about Colorado? Colorado, I think uh, UCLA should win. I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of skeptical about this whole um, replace everyone on the roster deal. Um, and then Washington State is at home for UCLA, so that should be a win too. And so, and they're going to be rebuilding a bit too, right? Yeah, basically yeah. what they have to do is because those are I, I won't throw them into sure wins, but Cal, ASU at home, Colorado, Stanford, and Washington State, those should all be wins. That's five right there. So they basically need to take one of at Utah, at Oregon State, at Arizona, at USC. Should be nine wins. Should be nine wins. Not that we're raising expectations. No, but uh, it's it's not a good league. Um, there's a lot of still pretty bad programs. Right, toe. 
Okay. Right, we got to finish up with some basketball. Really fast. Crazy. Basketball recruiting. I spent the last two weekends in not ideal spots of the country. Actually, Omaha, downtown Omaha was fine. But uh, about to publish a story today, which is a reset of UCLA's 2024 basketball recruiting. And just, you know, it's different, guys. Things have changed. <clears throat> Things have changed. Um, uh, UCLA is going after very few 2024 high school prospects uh, with the transfer portal the way it is. And with UCLA's <coughs> sorry, recruiting power internationally. Um, the fact, I, I, I mean, they'll, they'll lose. Uh, well, if Dem, a Dem Bono will probably come back for the season more than likely they'll lose him after next season. They'll lose uh, Kenny uh, Nuba. Jalen Clark, if he comes back, so that's three. Let's just say they lose one more among the guys they have or the guys they might get. Let's just say they're operating on the assumption they have four scholarships to give. You want to keep at least two for international and transfer next year. So they're looking maybe for two high schoolers. And when you're looking at high school, you're always, no matter what, you're always looking for a guard and a big. Wings are a dime a dozen. UCLA, as of this moment, has not offered a 2024 high school wing, and it's unlikely they do unless there's someone who's really good, who calls them up and says, offer me, I'll commit. I, I don't see it happening. There's got to be a connection there. Um, there's got to be uh, you know, some real reciprocal interest, for I think, for them, or someone's just so amazing. But I, I don't see it happening. So it's guards. Um, they've offered... Three guards who are all completely different types of players, which is really interesting, which means they could t probably take two of the three. Uh, DJ Thomas, uh, Dedan Thomas, my favorite player that I saw in two weeks, like I wrote, he's just a magician. He's he's so much fun to watch. Um, How does he play with a big robe on and a big hat? He could, Dave. He actually could. <laughs> I remember you saw him last summer, right? And I was yeah, telling, yeah. I was pumping him up, telling him, and you're looking at him going... I don't see how that's possible. And then you watch like 10 minutes, you go, oh, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I said shit. Uh, anyway, I don't know if they're going to get him. That's I, I got to feel that they're not. It's, it's like I've got the same feeling about him that I've had about the gut feeling, even and some information, but mostly gut feeling. The other two guys are Trent Perry, the combo guard from uh, Harvard-Westlake, who I saw this last weekend. Solid player. Definite Mick Cronin type of player, plays tough, can shoot the ball, a decent lead guard. You know, he's not a flashy passer, but he can he can defend point guards. Uh, I hear UCLA's actually doing well with them. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of good fit there, and him staying close to home, academic fit. Uh, and then the most recent offer, Eric Freeney, which is an interesting offer. Uh, the kid's about 6'2", kind of stocky, um, pretty quick, not not greatly you know explosive, but he's he's crafty with the ball. More of a shooting guard can can give you a little bit of ball handling if you need it. Uh, UCLA considers him a guard. That's why I've kind of put him in the category of guards. Um, he only had really mid major uh, offers. He's his one high major offer now and this is a real shot if you can call it that 
has been Cal besides UCLA. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I went there. Um, wow. I think this offer is like, and I think the I think Mick Cronin, after the experience he's had recruiting, okay, you're Mick Cronin, you're putting in all this time to these high American high school guys, you put in months and months and months, time, you, uh, official visits, unofficial visits, calls, all this stuff you're sending them in the mail, talking to the dads and the parents, all of this stuff. And then some of them, it looks like you're leading and then they literally flip or ultimately go someplace else. Then he goes international. All these these international kids really like UCLA. UCLA has a great reputation over, overseas. He's got Ivo Simovich, the, his assistant, who has all these connections. Yeah, they're putting in a lot of effort internationally, but not near the kind of effort they're putting in with uh, American high schoolers. And they all want to be at UCLA as opposed to all these other high school kids who kind of don't feel it's I don't want to generalize but there's kind of a little bit of a diva um kind of attitude that maybe they don't want to go to UCLA where in Mick Cronin's program it's it's going to be tough so the whole self-screening thing is definitely working <laughs> is being is it is having an effect um and then there's transfer recruiting they've gotten two transfers in the last two years but they've had a lot of interest just not a lot of spots open um, so you can see Mick Cronin saying to himself, um, yeah, no, I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on high school recruits. It, I've spent a lot of time. It hasn't panned out. I get a lot of attitude from them. They're talking about, I mean, the first questions from, from recruits these days, how much money am I getting in NIL? Am I going to be able to start? And can you get me to the NBA? Those questions all come up within five minutes. Um, that's not happening when they're recruiting international. International players, for one thing, have, have been getting paid on their club teams. They're not about NIL money. And they want to be in LA. The, the general feeling for international recruits is, just get me to Los Angeles. I want to be in Los Angeles. UCLA looks like heaven. And all I want to do is be in LA, in college basketball, for a year or two, get some exposure and go to the NFL, NFL NBA. And American kids are completely different. So... Yeah, they haven't offered that many. And I, this whole thing is background for Mick Cronin's offers are, I don't think they're going to last through November. <laughs> um, they, there's probably an expiration date on some of these offers. Like you, you commit by the end of summer or, you know, we love you. Great kid. Move on, pick someone else. Um, wing forward. Uh, it'll be coming out in this story. Um, I think uh, Sebastian Rancic, the kid from Jay Sarah and San Juan Capistrano that UCLA had offered. I think UCLA is backing off some, cooling on him a bit. Um, they were supposed to visit him at his high school last week and the staff did not. Uh, he has official visits lined up, Texas, USC, and Colorado. I think those three schools are still on him. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they are after, I mean, you know, to be fair, he had tendonitis. He just didn't look good playing at this level. I, I personally think if he can prove that he's tough physically and mentally tough, and he's willing to come to UCLA and, and not play for a year, 
like developed for two years and he's willing and he he acknowledges that i i still would take him but i understand that that you he's backing off given what they saw uh aiden shirell really impressive kid that i saw this weekend at eybl playing for vegas elite six nine a four five um his rap on him was that he he's looks like a post but he likes to shoot outside which he did very pretty effectively but then he played in the post for vegas elite and played really well because of his quickness and his toughness so i think that got ucla turned around on him he's been to a few i think he's gonna move on to his third high school when he gets a he's at hillcrest prep i think that's his third but ucla will you know vet him out because he did look so good uh this weekend when it comes to bigs it's it's really flory badunga uh probably i think he's the number one post player in the country he he's from indiana a lot of big programs followed him around last two weekends have offered him ucla is trying to uh dark horse this thing uh using its international the kids originally from the congo so they're trying to use some international connections but that's about it. You can really say they have offered four four kids, uh, the three guards and Flory Badunga. Um, do have to mention though, uh, Travis Perry, the point guard from Kentucky, who also plays on Indiana Elite with Badunga, and they're they're just a pleasure to watch. This is one of the best shooters in high school in AAU basketball I've seen. Um, uh, they've shown interest in him. They haven't offered. Uh, Kentucky has offered. 6'1", kind of squatty guy. He's not your typical kind of Kentucky uh, player. But when you got a guy who knows how to play like this and has that, that kind of skill where he can shoot like that, I can see Kentucky really uh, going after him aggressively. But he, he has said he wants to officially visit UCLA, and I could see that happening. So, Yeah, but we need him to change his first or last name sometime before then well they're not going to get both of them if they did and it's travis perry and trent perry it's caused me some consternation over the last three weeks of travis perry trent perry ah you guys are killing me it's unacceptable okay so we'll get Um, one of them to change their name yeah so one of them has to change uh whichever one i guess commits first gets to keep their name yeah I think that's the way it works. Yeah. Yeah. Makes okay. sense. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, good. All right. Well, uh, I think that's about it, Tracy. I think that's about it, Dave. That was good. This was a pleasure. Uh, you're always pleasure. you're always just a delight. The pleasure was mine. <laughs> I mean, it was all over here, all over on this side of the country. I had some pleasure, too. Wow. I'm glad that's we're not party. on video. Yeah. Glad we're not. <laughs> you wearing pants, Tracy? Oh, Dave. Dave, all Dave, right. Dave. Of course not. All right. Well, for Tracy Pearson, I'm David Woods. Ruin Report Online. We'll talk to you again next time. See y'all. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 